You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Amen. Well, my name is Riz. I'm the pastor here at Reality Honolulu. If I have not yet met you, uh, welcome. Love for you to, to talk with you afterwards. Um, but after a hard, long few years that we've all been a part of, I'm extra excited for today. Um, just to bounce houses alone. Right? Like you see those and you're like, what even are those? We haven't seen those for years. Um, as a church, it's been like three years since we've had bounce houses and celebrated in this way, obviously with everything going on. But um, like Juliet said at the beginning of service, we would love for you to hang out with us afterwards. There's incredible food, shave ice, coffee, bounce houses, lawn games, all that kind of stuff. And we're here every Sunday, not with as big a party, but we're here every Sunday as a church. We'd love to have you back any and all Sundays. Um, but again, love to meet you and talk story afterwards if I have not yet met you. But today, right, why we're gathered, why we come, it's because today is Easter, right? And we gather alongside other Christians around the world to celebrate this day. And it's the day in which Jesus rose from the dead after being crucified three days. And why this day is so important and why so many would come is the fact that Jesus rose from the dead is what makes Christianity Christianity. Like it is the foundational truth of what we believe. Without the resurrection, we don't have our faith. That's why if you're new to church or whatever, like why are Christians making such a big deal? Without what happened today, none of this matters. It all hinges on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And everything else comes secondary in the Christian faith to the death and resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Um, in the Bible, there are what we call the four Gospels. And these Gospels are written by different authors, different eyewitnesses detailing Jesus' life, his teachings, his public ministry, and specifically his death and resurrection. What I want to do this morning is read you Matthew's account. Matthew um, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10 in the Bible. And uh, I want to read that describing Easter morning, the Easter morning account from Scripture. It says this. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing, clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He isn't there. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was laying and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what 
I've told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him and they grasped his feet and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers uh, to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. This is the count of Jesus rising from the dead. Three days in the grave, the stone was rolled away and he appeared before a multitude, the risen Christ. If you're visiting today or you're new to this, First, again, I want to welcome you and thank you again for joining us this morning. But if you're visiting and you wouldn't call yourself necessarily a Christian, um, you just came because you were asked and you got a flyer and maybe that person that's always been asking you to come to church, you gave in that one time or whatever it was. You're here to support someone. Or if you came before because you were just curious, um, your perception, if that's you, your perception of church or of Christians Maybe super varied. And again, we all have our own story of our upbringing. And for us, church can be a mixed feeling, mixed bag, depending on our upbringing. For some of us, we might be in this room this morning, and we might have a, a really bad perception of church and Christians. And even maybe the last few years has done a lot. Like, this is sh shaking you, rattled you, you have questions. I want to just speak into something that may not really be talked about a whole lot. And that's this. I want to acknowledge how we as Christians have over time in some ways actually tarnished or marred your perception of this Jesus we speak about today. Mainly, you know, due to Again, me as a one Christian, speaking for all my family of Christians for the last couple millennia, but mainly how in some instances, in a lot of ways, we've wrongly acted or treated others over the last two millennia. And a lot have come, you know, in the last few centuries, the last couple years, and I guess I just want to like acknowledge the shortcomings of Christians, but not the shortcoming of Christ. I want to differentiate that, but I also want to acknowledge the shortcomings of Christians and point out our own fallibility and take a moment to like apologize for giving you a negative view of God or his church or what it means to Christian or the beautiful and amazing person of Jesus. Right? And there's been so often... There's issues or topics that Christians and non-Christians have collided over that are really important uh, most of the times for both parties that are critical things, critical parts of humanity. But I think navigating issues sometimes has taken the focus and attention off of what is absolutely most important. Not that those things aren't also important, but what is of absolute importance is Jesus' death and his resurrection and the implications that that has on every human being, young and old, man and woman, rich and poor, every tongue, tribe, and nation. 
Again, as controversial as it is, I'd be happy to talk with you another time about race and sexuality and vaccines and mass and politics another time. But today, I want to cut through your perception. I want to cut through those issues. And the only thing I want to talk about is Jesus. His work upon the cross, his resurrection from the dead. And what we just read in Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, is actually an historical account. It's not made up. It's not allegory or illusion. It's literal and it's historical. We actually have evidence that there was at least 500 eyewitnesses of seeing Jesus dead and sealed in this guarded tomb for three days. We just read about Mary and a couple of the other women and a couple of disciples, but we have accounts that there was 500 eyewitnesses of different people throughout Israel that saw the risen Jesus in physical form. You see, Christianity or the Christian religion, is not actually completely blind faith. There is faith required, right? There is belief, um, but it's not belief without evidence. It's not completely based on that. And the reason why you and I know about Jesus at all is because Jesus' disciples, alongside those 500 witnesses and other followers, were moved to tell the whole world of who Jesus was, what he did for humanity, and what it means for all of us. And because of that, like think about that for a second. There's just this person that rose from the dead, and it's a big deal. It happened in Israel 2,000 years ago. Because of what happened 2,000 years ago, now where we sit on the remotest island chain in the world, almost as far as you can get from Jerusalem, we're still hearing of the amazing story about Jesus of Nazareth. Like, I'm sorry, but a made-up myth does, just does not have the effect on the planet that this does. It does not have the lasting effect that two millennial through all the kingdoms of the world, through all that's happened over the last 2,000 years, the truth, this news of Jesus is still being communicated. That in itself, you have to hold some validity to. Why would people so crazy enough believe this thing if there wasn't some truth to it? Those of... You that were brought or invited by someone today, that person that invited you is also an eyewitness to Jesus in, in, in some ways. Right? We weren't at the tomb in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, but we've witnessed firsthand God's work in our own lives. The people that invited you, maybe that are Christians or go to church or whatever, They've experienced God's love, His forgiveness, His grace, His peace, and His joy, and it's changed their lives. Your family member, your neighbor, your coworker, whoever it is that you know that brought you today, is actually testifying what they've seen and their firsthand experience that they believe is worth basing your entire life upon. 
And together with them, we were totally willing to risk this invite to make our relationship awkward. Right? Making the relationship weird, because that's always a thing. Bring you to church, ask you about church, like, I don't want to make it awkward. It's my coworker. I got to work with him every day. We were willing to risk the awkwardness. We were really, we were, you know, next week we're willing to be a little weird and awkward and hard. So that you can know how good God is. So that you can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Which is, which is this. For God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son, that who, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Um, we don't get anything out of this, your invite or whether you believe or not. We don't get anything out of this other than we just care for you and we love you. And we want you to share in what we know. It's not like there's a tally of like, I brought three people, look at me, I'm a super Christian. Or somehow we earned like rewards with the Lord because there was a lot of people at Easter. There's nothing. It's because we love and care so deeply for you. You're in our life that we wanted to invite you and share what we know. Because in some ways we're eyewitnesses to the powerful, amazing, saving and healing work of Jesus. And so today we want... I, we, all of you, we want you to know who Jesus is, what he did for you, and are praying that you would believe what he did and trust in who he is. Why? Well, this is why. Right? What we believe to be true is that God's intention in creating humanity was to be with us. We believe that God created the world and he wanted to commune and be in relationship with his creation and nothing to get in the way of that. But sin, our selfish, independent nature and rebellion, choose, chose to do whatever we wanted and started with Adam and Eve, but it separated us. Sin separated and broke this perfect union between the Creator God and His creation. And that sin that entered into the world back in the Garden of Eden is still perpetuating and I mean, it wouldn't be hard for me to explain all the ways that humanity is hurting each other. All the ways that sin is breaking down the world around us. It's, I don't have to go into, let me list all the ways that humanity has fallen away from God's perfect design. That's what the book of Romans says. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Like, none of us are outside of that statement. All of us in one way or another have rebelled. And, and God, the creator, the maker God, he's holy and he's sinless and he's perfect. He hasn't sinned. But because we've all sinned, we're now imperfect. We have a problem. Right? Our sin has broken God's design and caused deep separation. And the book of Romans would go on to say, the wages of our sin, not anyone else's sin, but our own sin, all of us included, is actually death. See, what we deserve because of sin or the debt we've accrued is actually death. But the verse doesn't end there. There's good news attached to that bad news. 
It says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, God saw our plight, humanity's brokenness, it being in utter despair, hopelessness, killing each other, hurting each other. Like it was running rampant. He saw this plight. He saw the fate of humanity and he sent the answer. It was his son to die on a cross, to pay a price, to cover our debt that sin created, that we created. You see, the answer or that person was Jesus and that, you could say, is God's rescue plan. He did not want just to leave humanity to its own devices Because we all know how that goes. But Jesus went to the cross. He took the sins of all of humanity upon himself. And he died to pay the penalty of sin. The penalty being death. He died to take our debt. He paid our debt. But here's what happened Easter Sunday. Three days later, Jesus rises from the dead and actually defeats death. The power and the penalty of sin he defeated. He paid for it in full and he rose again defeating death. The power and penalty of sin. It gets better. It gets better than that. He did it so that we could share in it with him. He did it in order to forgive our sins, to restore that broken relationship. He died so that we would not have to. He died to give us new life, a transformed and abundant life, and the promise and hope of eternal life. Romans goes on, and it says, If you openly declare Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God did indeed raise him from the dead, you'll be saved. It is by believing in your heart you're made right with God. Not because of your works, right? Not because of you brought so many people to Easter. But it's by openly declaring your faith to believe who Jesus was and what he did. And that's what it means to be saved from the power and the penalty of sin. And again, this is a free gift offered to all of humanity. And it's offered to you and I today because of what Jesus did. He did all the work. God sent his son. He died the death. And what it takes for us is believing and surrendering and saying, God, yeah, I need you. I'm, I'm far from you. I've rebelled. I've done my own thing. I've lived for myself. And look what that's got me. I want you. You know, some of you know my own personal testimony. I, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't, like my own kids, I didn't grow up in, you know, kids' church or Sunday school. My family wasn't religious. Um, they weren't Christians. But there was this pivotal moment when I was in middle school where, much like this, there was something that I was brought to by a friend, and the gospel, the good news of Jesus was presented, and I said, yeah, I want that. I I, I went up front, and I, you know, did the whole altar call thing. I came up front, and I remember saying, and it's really funny, but I remember saying, that's cool about Jesus, I want it, but that doesn't mean I have to go to church now, right? Right? This is like, I was like 13 years old. I don't know why I even said that. But to be honest, back then I had this negative connotation of, I don't want my Sundays to be that way. I see other church people. I don't want that. I want Jesus, but I don't want church. The ironic thing now is I work at church and I'm pastor and I'm all things church. God has a funny sense of humor that way. 
But my point is this. Regardless of your perceptions of Christians or the church, or your upbringing, and what, what church was then, because again, like I said, Christians and the church, pastors, we, we've, we've done a lot that might have messed up the perception, your perceptions. Apologize for that. We may not have represented Jesus well, but instead, just want to ask you to look past that and to think of what Jesus did for you. See, God, when God sent Jesus, he was thinking of each one of us. Like, put your name in the blank of John 3.16. For God so loved Riz that he sent his only son to die so that Riz could be with Jesus for all of eternity. Why? Because he loved me. It's not just because I'm special. That's true of each of us. For God so loved, enter your name in the blank. Strip away your misconceptions, your preconceived ideas of who church churches and Christians, and hear that. God so loved you that he sent his son to die so that you would have life in that abundantly and that eternal. I want to invite the worship team back up right now. And during these last few songs of worship, bounce houses will come. Don't worry. Don't worry. But during these last few songs of worship, I want to allow time to not only worship God for how good he is and what he's done for all of us, right? We're here to celebrate the resurrection and the implications of that. So Christians, let's worship him. But also, I want to give those of you here that have, haven't believed in what I'm talking about, I want to give you time to make that decision, to put your trust in Jesus, to stop living for yourself, to turn to the one you were created to be with, for your sins to be forgiven, for you to experience abundant life now and have hope of eternal life. And even here right now, to give you hope and peace in the midst of a world that is so very broken. God wants to meet you and bring peace and healing and restoration.